Welcome to Curmudgeon's Corner for Saturday, April 17th, 2021. It is uh, 3.15 UTC as we're recording, and if I had been just a fraction of a second faster, I could have said it's pi UTC, but beep, I missed beep, beep. it. Yes, but, you, but, but, but Sam's slow. Jesus I'm slow, Christ. and so it was not 3.14. slow. I mean, it was 3.14 when I started talking, but by the time I got to saying the time it was 315 and i couldn't lie and say it was pi well, you know i mean you're an honest person yeah which is good anyway i'm sam mentor and you're Yvonne- also old yes i'm also old i'm sam mentor yvonne bow is here and i may be old but i'm not as old as yvonne that is true i i am still older yes and you're apparently not catching up nope nope not not very fast you know i i i gotta admit i missed beeping on computers i i mean the beeping was cool you mean like the little hard drive beeping noises or just listen i had uh, the first hard drive i had beeped as it was accessing data it was a very faint beep yeah but it was cool it would go like that yeah yeah i remember sure that that would drive like 99 percent of adults right now insane but that was cool. I mean, first, I mean, that was the first hard drive I ever the had. The beeps, 15. the blinking lights, the whole deal. Yes, yeah. it had a big ass, a whole set of blinking lights, one big flashing green light when the drive was being accessed, and it would go beep, 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 so anyway, we've already probably consumed more than 15 megabytes recording this at this point. <laughs> yes. Uh, so anyway, we're going to do with it what we've been doing the last few weeks. We are going to alternate topics until we run out of topics. After every two, we'll take a break. Uh, the last few weeks, we've only done four topics total. We'll see. Well, probably, you know, it, it all depends on how long they take and what we feel like. Um, so, and, and I'll tell you. We have Russia! <laughs> okay, Yvonne. Topic number one, Yvonne, or, or Russia? No, no, no. I don't know if I want to talk about Russia. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Do I want to talk about Russia? I don't know. I, well, pick it something, wasn't really, like, I mean, it was Go. really not groundbreaking. Well, I got to choose. I think I chose the last couple of times first. What do you You want me to go first? first? You want me to yes. go first? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I, sh- I've been, I've been, I think I've been jumping the gun almost every other time. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Like, you, I, I haven't even gotten to the point where I say we're going to alternate topics, and you just start <laughs> going off on, like, whatever. Like, yeah, on something. I don't know. Whatever. You know, yes. I, I, I mean, I, yes, I've been on a going off tear thing. I mean, Lately, what, yes. what, I, I just want to check. What was it last time? Oh, yes. High school reading assignments. That's right. I mean, now I almost went off into a tangent about beeping. But Yes. You know. Yes. And I, 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 I gently <laughs> guided you in a different direction. <laughs> Step away from the vehicle. Yes. Okay. Right. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, sh- should I go lighter serious, Yvonne? Can you, can you at least tell me that, that lighter serious? Uh, let's go light. Go light. Go light. I have I have not done media in a long time, so I will do that now. Uh, the next thing on my list finished October 26th of last year, a book I read with my son. So I, I was reading it out loud to my son. The third part of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, The Return of the King from 1955. 50. It's Wait, 55? 1955? That book is that old? Yeah. Oh, I had no idea. I'm not... I, I got... Listen... Not only have I not watched any of the movies, I have not read any of the books, 
it's not been something that has ever really attracted my attention. I gotta admit, I, I, you know, I, I mean, you know, but I will say this: that this is probably one of those things that maybe if I did go and read it, then I'd be interested in. But hmm. I gotta admit, I am like completely, completely just unknowledgeable on this subject. So I'll, I'll tell you, of, of course, I'll start by giving it a thumbs up. It's a classic. It's one of these that I read it as a as a child. Uh, well, I guess this was, you know, my dad started out reading to me, reading The Hobbit to me, and then the beginning of The Lord of the Rings, and then I was reading it myself. And I've read it many times over the course of my life. I mean, I'll go a decade without reading it, but then I'll read it again for some reason, sometimes more than a decade. But it's one of those books I've read a, a, I've read the whole series a few times. Um, and, you know, it's, it's sort of, it's the, you know, it, it's, it's the birth of the modern epic fantasy novel. I mean, obviously there are various predecessors. Last week, you, you know, you talked about, um, uh, Canterbury Tales and, uh, we didn't mention, uh, what's the other one? Um, Beowulf and all those things. So oh, obviously Beowulf, I forgot about Beowulf. <laughs> Macbeth. So, I mentioned. I probably. I think I did, did mention Macbeth. So anyway, the you know there is obviously a long history of the kind of epic story, but this is you know this is the one that sort of this series was the rebirth of this as a genre and a reconception of it. It wasn't like even trying to be historical. It was clearly a fantasy world and blah blah blah. Although people always talk about analogies to World War One and stuff, but um, yeah, I, I mean, look. It is. It is one of those things that you mentioned. Maybe if you started to read it, you'd like it. I'm not sure. You know, it it is certainly the kind of thing that certain people have a taste for, and certain people don't, um, because Tolkien style particularly is very much. We're going to set the stage. We're going to build the world. We're going to tell you about how the trees look and how the mountains look and the history of the world. And, you know, when you, when you're walking down the path, he makes allusions to things that happened there, you know, hundreds or thousands of years ago. And, you know, he makes up languages and all of this kind of stuff. And like, there's certain people who are like, get to the fucking point. What's, what's <laughs> happening? You know, get, get me to the fight, get me to like the magic and get me to like, you know, people battling or something or, you know, well, I, I will say that some people said the same about, uh, Tom Clancy novels in the sense that mm. he got into the, uh, very intricate details about, uh, you know, if it was a submarine about the diving, the this, the that, and the whatever, whatnot. So it's not something that I am extraneous to. And I, I gotta admit that I, I, I like, uh, those details, for example, where so certain people hated that about those books. Um, so I don't know. I, I mean, that, 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 that doesn't directly like, uh, detract me from it by right. if that's part of why it, people don't it, like it. it. I, I am one I mean I am one that just almost went into a whole tangent about flashing lights and beeping. Yes. Well and, and there are two other things. Talking about the whole series first and then I'll concentrate on Return of the King because that's the one I actually finished that we're talking about. If you're talking about The Hobbit plus the Lord of the Rings, first of all, The Hobbit is very much a kid's book. And is has the tone of a kid's book and the length of a kid's book and not not like a picture book, but like 
you know, a first novel kind of thing. Um, and then the Lord of the Rings starts out with a very similar kids book tone, but then very quickly gathers depth and darkness as it continues. So like, it's like the, the first of the three books in the Lord of the Rings trilogy is like a transitional book. It starts out lighter, like the Hobbit. And then by the time you get to the end of it, you know, it's a lot more serious and it's got a mm. lot more depth mm. and background to it. Um, okay. And, and then, and so that's also an interesting sort of tonal shift that you, you sort of get through and like some people just don't make it far enough in the book you know they they start out and they're like oh, whatever and, and, and toss it aside it's one of these where you you get to a certain point and and then you're you're potentially hooked uh, another criticism of the series as a whole that i've heard a lot lately is you know it's very much you know a series that was written, you know, this last book was 1955. Most of the rest of the series was, uh, in the first half of the 20th century, uh, when it was written, uh, and, uh, when it was all conceived and all of this kind of stuff. And it sort of very much has that sort of, uh, that mindset, right? Like people complain, like it has almost no female characters. And the female characters that there are are either, you know, sort of goddesses up on a pedestal or very thinly characterized. And, you know, e even the male characters aren't that deeply characterized because it's not like it's not the kind of novel that's driven by character. You know, it's it's you know, it's the it's the epic story and they move from here to there and they have little tableau. Uh, events that happen along the way and they have, you know, they have this encounter here and then this battle here and it takes them along through the thing. Um, the, the return of the King is of course, uh, you know, the last of the trilogy. So it sort of wraps up, uh, the various plots. Um, the, the one thing, and this is true of the movie version of this that came out in 2003 as well, but I'd say even more so for the book, it's like you get to, the climax of the story, the thing that everything has been leading up to for like, you know, thousands of pages and that happens and you're like, whoa. And then you look and you realize you've still got a couple hundred pages to go, <laughs> you know, and, and then there's like sort of false ending after false ending after false ending as you sort of the characters work their way back home. You know, like this whole thing has been, you know, an epic quest to do something and there are a whole bunch of characters and they get split up and so they get reunited and then they sort of travel back and they all say their goodbyes and that takes a couple hundred pages, you know, and I don't have it in front of me, so I'm estimating it might be 150, I don't know, but it's a lot still after you get to that climax and there's some interesting things in that last part. I mean, they wrap up some uh, things and, you know, one of the one of the bits they left out of the movie is that when the hobbits actually come home to the Shire, they find that it's been affected by the war too. And everything is different. And they have to go about making things right again. And that part was left out of the movie entirely. So the movie actually ab abbreviated these many, many goodbyes and false endings. Uh, but... You know, people complained about that in the movie anyway, but it's, it's, you know, even more in the book and, you know, it's still good. I mean, I, I like the book. I enjoyed it. I think I was reading it out loud to Alex. I think 
Alex and enjoyed like as we went through the Hobbit and the trilogy. Um, you know, we he. he so you th- read the? Uh, how long is the book again? Um. Well, let's see. Do I have that handy? Um, well, well, how long did it take you to read the book to to Alex? I guess. Oh, you want me to look that up? Well, we, yeah, you know how these things go. Then. No, how long did it take you to read the book? I'm not saying look up that many pages. I mean, how I mean, how many day, how much long did you spend reading the book to him? Well, no, no. Well, that's what I'm. That's what I'm looking up. I, you know, I keep a log of this. I know the exact date I started and the exact day I finished. Oh my god! So I will tell you how long it took for me to read each of these three books. <laughs> Well, of course you have a log of the hell. Why would the hell would I, would I, what, what am I saying? Of course you have a log. What the fuck am I thinking? <laughs> but you know, this, as I'm bringing it up, of course, this is one of the things we did not read it every day. We read it every once in a while, you know, and when we did read, we would read for like a 15 minute or half hour chunk, Okay, you know, okay, so, okay. okay. So uh, with all of that out of the way, I am bringing up the log now. And I'm now scrolling to the right section of the log. I know this is very exciting for all of you. Here we go. Drum roll. Ba da bum bum bum. Ding 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 ding. Here we go. So let's start with each of these pages, uh, each of these books, okay? Uh, first first of all, The Hobbit, 384 pages long. We read it in 44 days. So that was an average of 8.7 pages per day for The Hobbit, okay? Okay. The, the Fellowship of the Ring, the next book in the series, 432 pages. Yeah. And we read it in 169 days. <laughs> okay. That that was an average of 2.6 per day. <laughs> okay. okay. The th- the next book, The Two Towers, 558 pages, and it took us 865 days to read it. Holy shit. It's like three years. That's an average of 0. 0.6 pages per day. Okay. Now, finally. Uh, okay. Hold on. <laughs> the, the Return of the King is 416 pages long. I'm looking that up in Wikipedia. I don't have the exact yeah. from my edition. And that seems it took a little you short. How many days? They're probably not counting the appendices, but we didn't read the appendices. So now now I have to, <laughs> okay. now, now this is when I have to ask Siri. So hello here. Here comes Siri. Hey Siri, how many days between September 11th, 2019? And October 26, 2020. It's 411 days. Okay, so it took us 411 days. 411 days. So we did a little bit better on this one. You accelerated there, yes. So that's 416 pages and 411 days, so just about one page a day. Yeah, yeah, you you, you put the pedal to the metal, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so anyway... Um, <laughs> And and I, I I relented I and I let Alex get away with not having me read the appendices to him. There's like several hundred pages of appendices that have things you like animal, the, you. the family trees you of all the characters animal. and the the full history I of mean, the how could you universe how could you? and yeah. I, I don't know how you could live with yourself at this point. 
I know. There's guides there on how to speak the various languages. In the I, I know. I, I don't know how you could live with yourself without doing that. I mean, I'm just appalled. Just shocked and appalled. Well, I'm just saying, when, when, I, when I have read it for, my, for myself, I have read the appendices. Uh, I, I, I am sure you have. And the introduction and all that kind of stuff. I skipped some of that with my son. I am sure you have. So I would say like of these, of these, I think his, um, his interest probably peaked in the two towers. Like, so the Hobbit fellowship of the ring, the two towers, the return of the King, I think his interest probably peaked in the two towers. And by the time we got to the return of the King, I think he was a little bit, you know, he was ready to be done with it and move on to something else, I think. To, to be honest, but you know, he, he still listened to the whole thing with me, but in terms of how engaged he was in the story, he was most engaged in the one that we read half a page a day. Average. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Which, you know, be, but you know, it wasn't because we were doing it half a page a day. It's like, you know, at, every we'd read like 30. It, it wasn't actually like, we'll read half a page. You, you know how that works anyway. Yes. Um, I do recommend you try it one day. It's like it's like one of these cultural canon things, right? It's like, you know, and, and it, it's a different experience than watching the movie, too. You know, you should probably watch the movie as well. Um, but, you know, um, it, it's, yeah, it's it's one of these things that, um, you, you, you know, at this point, people do take classes on these books, <laughs> you know? Um now, there are plenty of other things to read, too. So, like, if it's not your thing, if you don't like, you know, the whole idea of epic fantasy and, you know, uh, elves, dwarves, and hobbits, and wizards wandering around a universe doing things to trying to defeat the great evil and all of that, then, you know, maybe it's not for you. Um the other the other thing is it's one of those, for me, also, I guess, I, at this point, I've read it so many times that I, I know the beats that are coming. There are a few, every time through, I forget some details that end up surprising me again. Oh, I forgot that part. Um, but you know, it, it's, there's something different about reading something familiar than reading something for the very first time, you know? So, you know, I, I gotta admit that, I, I mean, I have seldom uh, reread books that I've read before. Um, I really don't do that very much either anymore. Like I, I you know, I've done these cause I'm reading them out loud to my son. Cause it's sort of like, it's an experience from my own childhood that I'm sharing essentially, but like on my own reading list, I've got, I, I'm, I mean, I'm reading so little these days. I want to meet, I want to read something new. I started reading the Boehner book, by the way, which I did get. Not through with it yet, but I'm hoping to be through with it by in a week or two. Um, but uh, I will say uh, that I think that the only ones that for entertainment that I read more than once were a couple of Clancy novels. And I will say that I think that the one reason on one time that I reread them, it's not even because I, I, I actively go and reread stuff. Almost every time that I'm going to go read something, I try to go find some read something new, especially because lately... I'm only reading a few books a year, and so therefore I'm like, damn it, let me not go and reread something, right? I mean, I, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, being that that active at reading that I don't want to go back to reread something when I know there's a ton of stuff new to read. Um, so, uh, but 
I reread, I think that one time it was because I was on a vacation somewhere, and uh, they just had a stack of books. And it was one of these places where I went to vacation where they didn't have, like, uh, really didn't have, like, internet or a lot of, like, communication. It was, like, pretty rustic. And so I think, uh, if I remember correctly, I'm pretty sure that the, the book I read twice was Red Storm Rising mm-hmm. okay. by Clancy. Um, and, uh, it was pretty good. I mean, I, I, I found, uh, those Clancy novels, uh, pretty engrossing. Uh, I haven't read one in forever, but I used to find them deeply engrossing. Yeah, I, 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 re- I remember reading a few of them, like, in the 90s or early 2000s, maybe. Yeah. And, I, I, I you know, and yeah, they, they were the kind that, th- you know, they call them page turners for a reason. Yeah. You didn't want to put them down. Yeah. You, you're just like, damn it. I, I mean, I know that more than once I spent a night where I was up until, like, extremely late because I started reading and I was so riveted by whatever the hell it was. And I'm like, shit, I don't want to put this down. And I kept going, like, reading until, like, four or five in the morning until I just couldn't do anymore. And, and that's one thing I find with my own reading, too. I mean, I'm I'm faster with the fiction books than I am with the nonfiction books, usually. Because they pull you along in that way. I mean, I guess some nonfiction books do too, but just on average, it's more likely for the fiction book to pull you along. Uh, but even that depends, right? Like some some fiction does that more than others, you know? But there, there are definitely a few that when I get it, you know, I really want to power my way through. Like I find myself making time to read it. But again, you know, and we've talked about this before, like the last few years, I mean, I've felt over and over again, like if I'm not in front of the news, I'm missing out. And so I haven't been doing as much reading of things that aren't today news, you know? Um, And honestly, I thought I'd get back more into uh, with the end of the Trump administration. I haven't yet. I haven't managed to like sort of kick myself back into gear on that sort of thing. I still find myself when I've got the spare moments here and there scrolling Twitter instead of picking up a book either on, you know, on my phone or physical. Um, but you know, at this point, I don't feel that urgency anymore. Like I feel like there's no problem, you know, being away from the news for a few hours. So I, it's just, I have to build the habit back, you know? Right. No, I know. Okay. Okay, so that that was me. Return of the King. Thumbs up if you like that kind of genre. If you don't, you know, oh well, that's fine. To each his own. Um, okay, your turn, Yvonne. Oh, man. Well, that was a lot of uh, fluff that we did. Yes, fluff. So I'll go and I'll jump into the... The serious uh, stuff? Heavy stuff. Yep. yep. Which one? Oh... Uh... Infrastructure week. No, I'm kidding. Uh, actually, I'll um, you know, fuck. Uh, I, I'm gonna jump into uh, I'm gonna jump into coronavirus. Okay, so <laughs> pandemic. That, stuff. That's always like one of your big picks. Well, it, you know, look, more stuff happened this week that was interesting. There, there's a couple of things. Uh, uh, uh well, one thing that we got is this whole pause on the J and J vaccine. Which I, I, it, it, and that's big news here, but AstraZeneca has also been having trouble in Europe for a while for similar issues. 
Right. And, and that's been around, and we've known about that for a while, uh, about that. But, uh, you know, I, I'm still a little bit, like, baffled by either of them at this point, given the numbers that we know and the, 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 the I mean, the, statistically, I mean, it, it, so what, yeah, so what I've heard, what I've heard on this, and I've heard, I've heard the arguments on both sides, uh, and, and basically for, to catch anybody up to speed, um, there've been millions of both of these vaccines distributed. Both of them have had a handful of cases, like we're in the one, and literally a handful, and literally a handful. In the case of J and J, six out of some seven million vaccines distributed. So we're talking literally like a one in a million type of, of occurrence of some serious blood blood clots, uh, and one person has died. And the AstraZeneca numbers are similar, right? Um, and so the one argument is: look, this is an infinitesimal risk, and compared to the risk of not getting vaccinated. Um, clearly the cost benefit says get vaccinated, even if there is this tiny risk. Right. And also, I mean, I saw a lot of people mad about this saying, oh, it has a one in a million chance of blood clots. Guess what? Birth control pills have a one in a thousand chance of blood clots and millions and millions of people take them every day. People are taking them. Right. You know, and so what are you doing? It doesn't make any sense. And yeah, it doesn't make any sense as far as the counter argument to that, though, is if are two, two things, two things. One is that apparently the way you treat these blood clots is not through the normal medication. And actually the normal medication that people give for this would actually make it worse. So they wanted to get out guidance potentially to physicians that if you... To what, to, how to treat yeah, basically say, look, this is another thing that we need to let everybody know. They should watch out for these symptoms. And if they have these symptoms, go to their doctor. And by the way, doctors, if you see this symptom, don't give the usual drug, give one of these alternative drugs instead. And that's how you treat it. So let's make sure everybody knows that. And then we'll unpause, right? Um, that's one argument I've heard. Now, you could say, though, that you didn't have to pause to do that. You know, you could get that message across to everybody without actually doing the pause. Uh, but the other is that if they had done nothing, then the anti-vax folks would come in and say, what are they trying to hide? You know, and and so they're, the whole abundance of caution is sort of, hey, look, everybody, we're we're doing our due diligence. We're being careful. We're going to look into this. And then in a few days, we'll be able to tell you, um, here's the situation. Here's it is. We still recommend it. Or maybe we modify the recommendations a little bit to say, okay, don't give this to women under 45 or something like this, uh, but it's fine for everybody else um, or, or whatever, you know, change the guidelines and then get it going again. And so that argument says that you actually do less damage to, you know, the vaccination movement by taking the pause and being careful and showing everybody that you're doing your due diligence than by not doing that. Uh, and I'm not sure I buy it because like I've seen some like polling already that like that would trust taking J and J has dropped significantly just in the last few days, you know, and does it come back when in inevitably, right? Like in a week or whenever they thought it might just be a couple days, but they ended up saying, Oh no, we have to look at it a little bit more. So it might be a week or two. Inevitably though, they're going to come back and say, yeah, J and J is actually fine. Yes, this is a risk like anything else. It's got 
rare side effects. Uh, but you know, the benefit outweighs that risk. Please go take it. But does it ever recover? Like it's, it's unclear. And, and with AstraZeneca as well, like I've seen a lot of people saying, you know, what, what's shaping up here is a potential situation where not just AstraZeneca and J&J, but also like Sinovac and some of these others, there's a build, a building perception that the rich countries are dumping the vaccines that aren't quite as good on the poor countries. And that might have negative implications of its own. <laughs> I know. I, yes. Well, I mean, look, the Sinovac vaccine is a Chinese vaccine. They're not exactly like really like they're, you know. They, they, they admitted themselves its effectiveness is less this week. Uh, well, it, 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 you know, <laughs> well, obviously they know this. I mean, I. I, I, I yeah sorry sorry I didn't I didn't want I didn't mean to muddle the uh the picture with Sinovac like in the, in the end do you buy the J and J stuff at all like you just I mean I try to see the arguments on both sides and understand that it's actually a hard call but still it's a hard call I mean it's a hard call because you know uh, it's a hard call obviously if I'm one of the you know the guy that died. Right? Yeah. I mean, that sucks. Okay? But at the same time, I'm also like, hey, if the numbers basically say that doing this will save more lives than than it will, you know, that then it could be from the from the effect of this, then... Then it's still a net positive. It, it's still a net positive, right? I mean, you, you, you understand what I'm saying? I mean, I, I'm like... So, so that's my problem with it. I mean, I, I, I mean, it's one of these things where people love, for whatever reason, to uh, not make a decision rather than take an action. You understand what I'm saying? They, yes. It, yes. So they would rather passively let more people die than actively do something that saves people, but you know, kills one person. Yes. Classic trolley problem situation. Yeah. And so it's, ah, I, I, I'm one that always has been like, I would rather take the action that saves the most lives. Yeah. I, 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 I am not one that has ever been reticent about taking action. So that's why I think in my nature, I'm just not, I don't like this, okay? But I understand why they also, if they feel that they can come up with something to, like, send the guidance out to people so this isn't even a concern, then why not pause and do that? Since, honestly, we have, well, at least in the U.S., we have an ample, the supply is getting ample of yes. the other vaccines. I mean, in, in the U.S. specifically, J&J was a tiny fraction of the vaccines being exactly. given anyway. Right. And and at this point, we still have lines. Let's, let, we're not yet at the point where supply exceeds demand. But, you know, we're moving along at a decent clip. But the lines right now are, the lines, are, it's, it's one of the things that I was reading about this week, is that... Uh, the lines are urban areas have a lot of lines. Yep. 
and people are winding up having to go out of their way to 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 rural areas in certain cases. And I will tell you that it, in my wife's case, it happened to be that to get a vaccine appointment because they're not using up the vaccines in those places as fast as in the urban areas. And so people are having to go out. I heard the same thing being told to me in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Where people in the Atlanta area, everything in the Atlanta area is swamped, and people are looking at vaccine appointments like way the hell away because they can't get them there because the people in those rural areas are there's a significantly higher percentage of people that are uh, refusing to get vaccinated. Yeah, I've definitely heard people here doing the same thing, driving two or three hours away in order to get shots in sort of more Republican areas where the people aren't taking them. And so they've got an excess. Um, And, you know, now in my case, I I got my first shot uh, a few days ago now uh, on Wednesday. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Team Pfizer. Um, Yes. But um, but yeah, no, I I I got on the, the day that I became eligible I called up my own healthcare provider uh, where they had like a number to call and get on a waiting list. I called a few minutes after midnight, got on the waiting list um, and they, you know, they called back and I had an appointment set for, I get it was a week and a half, two weeks out, something like that. That's not too bad. I, I probably could have gotten it earlier by aggressively searching the places that have it. But that but, was, even, but that was pretty, you know, relatively easy. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I, I, I'm like, I made the appointment. I picked a time that was good for me. Like, seems like less hassle. Like, yeah. could I have gotten it a few days earlier if I was aggressive? I'm sure I could have. Was it worth it? No, I, I could wait a few days. No, I will tell you that the reason I wound up pick, t- taking that appointment for my, I found an appointment relatively close by for myself. But for my wife, the reason I picked the appointment that was farther away is because I couldn't find any appointment anywhere near. I mean, that was the first appointment I could find anywhere, regardless of the distance, period. And I'll, I'll tell you one thing, um, you know, I mentioned, I called right after midnight on the day I became eligible. Okay. And, uh, got an appointment like two weeks out. Um, but when I originally called to make that appointment right after midnight, while I was on their like automated line and, you know, I'd ask you some questions about eligibility and you type in your birthday and blah, 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 and the phone number you want to be, whatever. It, it was an automated system that took this information. While I was doing that. My son and daughter came into the room I was in, being all noisy, doing whatever they were going to do. They were running around, and I couldn't hear for sure what they said. Like, I thought they said, okay, you're on the list, we'll call you, right? But I wasn't 100% sure. And I was like, maybe I screwed it up. Maybe I typed something wrong. And so the next day, I called again. Like, and, and we're literally talking like 16 hours later or something. I called again. It turns out I got myself on the waiting list twice. Okay. Oh. So, so the first, when I called right after midnight, I got the phone call from their automated system to go ahead and make the appointment like 48 hours later. And I made the appointment for two weeks out. I got the call from my second wait list. After I got my first shot. Ah, well, that that happened to me, too. I, I, I got a call. Yeah. Cause, cause, well, and, and, and so what happened was, like, I, cu- I got in right after midnight when I became eligible. A lot of other people waited till morning. And the line got a lot bigger in the morning. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, so I understand, you know, but you know, we're, we're still doing it at a, at a decent pace. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, I, I realize it's a hard call. I'm not sure, uh, of one thing is regardless of the call, and this is a recurring theme and I'm going to, since we're on COVID in general, I'll, I'll bring up in a, another, a couple other COVID things, but messaging from the officials has been horrid all the way through. I mean, you know, and we sort of understand why it was hard in the early days of the, you know, in the very early days, there was a lot of confusion. And then you had Trump trying to squash the CDC and make sure their message was always positive and keep them from saying everything negative and blah, blah, blah. But even now, like just the way they message these things is bad. (laughs) You know, it adds to the confusion. They have not yet figured out a way to just come out with a good straight message that people understand right away. Instead, there are always these mixed messages and people don't understand and people get confused. And what is J&J bad? Is J&J good? And they, they try to, they end up after a few days, it sort of gets cleaned up a little bit, but there's this, there's this initial phase of confusion that Mm -hmm. sticks with people. And so, you know, they they need someone in there who's like, (laughs) You know, I, I don't know, like a, a PR person or an expert in like messaging or something. They're, they're just not doing a good job at that part of it. You know, it seems like repeatedly over and over again, they just, you know, end up stepping on their own feet on their messaging in such a way that um, leaves people confused and more reluctant than they might have been otherwise. And the other bit I wanted to talk about on that specifically it that's been a little bit uh controversial as well is what guidance to give people who are already vaccinated on what they can and can't do right and specifically CDC has been very conservative on that guidance okay and there's some reasons why and and you know and people have argued with them about it but like for instance one of the one of the questions that has not been definitively settled yet in the research is can a vaccinated person transmit the virus to others? Now, I say it hasn't been definitively determined, but every sign we have so far leans towards no. no. Leans towards no. But it hasn't been to the complete satisfaction of all of the epidemiologists, professionals like Dr. Fauci and others. And so their default position is assume it's bad until definitively proven that it's not. Okay? Look, just go, go with this. Listen, go with with the safe, you know, uh, assumption right now until we have better data. I mean, you know, which is, it's not bad advice, okay? And look, I am very risk-averse, and I, I appreciate that approach. I'm like... You know, assume it's dangerous until proven safe. However, a huge portion of the population is quite ready to assume it's safe unless it's proven dangerous. And that's a different position, you know, where you're starting from and what your default is. And particularly in the case of vaccinations and vaccine reluctance and all of this kind of thing, people have pointed out, if you can flat out tell people, Get the vaccine, and then the moment you've got the vaccine, it's over. You can go back to acting normal. 
do everything you used to do. Right. If you gave that message consistently, even if it's not 100% proven that it's actually true, and even if it's not actually 100% true, if you consistently gave that message that said, hey, once you got the vaccine, you're good to go. You would have more people wanting to get the vaccine faster, whereas right now there's a significant group of people who hear the message that says, wait, what do you mean? You mean I still have to wear the mask in public even after I've got the vaccine? Then why the fuck should I bother? Uh, I know. Uh, but it, look, <laughs> maybe it's just that I... It, it that entire attitude i get that that's what people have it still drives me crazy i just don't get it and, and and look it's not a small group of people we're talking about it's not i know it's not a small group of people uh you know uh you know uh, you know it, it, it's you know it's it, i know it's not a small group of people um you know uh, it, it, I, I, but i i just i you know, it, it, I, I, it's just, it just baffles me. I just don't get it. I, 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 I just, you know, look. So I, I am like getting some, you know, for example, I, I have held so recently uh, because everybody on my team has been va vaccinated. We have been holding. I have been having some, uh, uh, uh some in-person events. In in person, not events, but in person meetings with people okay. on my, you know, with people that are vaccinated, with people who are fully vaccinated and past their two weeks Correct. and all that kind of stuff. Exactly. Correct. Uh, I've been doing that. Okay? And, and by the way, what you're saying is consistent with the CDC guidelines that have been put Correct. out. They, they exactly. have, you know, people people are are saying maybe CDC should be more aggressive about this, but they have put out guidelines that say, look. If you are in a group where everybody is vaccinated, you are pretty good. If, if everybody is vaccinated and nobody is high risk, then go ahead. Act normal. Right. And so so I, that's what I've been doing. Uh, I start, I've started doing that uh, recently the last, you know, re, you know, just recently, starting last week, to be precise. The, the tricks come in when you are in mixed company or with people who are high risk or people whose vaccination status you don't know. Right. Which is why they say, like, you know, if you're going to the grocery store, you should still wear your mask. Right. And so, like, I, I it, you know, that's that's and that's what I'm doing. If I'm going to a grocery store or a location like that where I don't know what the status is and we're not, you know, I'm not sure if I can distance or whatever, you know, I'm masking up. If I'm going to go and, like, we met in a conference room with one person that I know, uh, you know, that's that's vaccinated, well, you know, look, you know, we're, you know, we're not wearing a mask. It's just, you know, we're meeting in person. It's fine. Um, and, and that's what I've been, like, doing, like, uh, now. It's just, you know, the, the, the data and the, the guidance says that that's okay. So we're just... Following that, uh, I, I, but I, I just, I, I just, you know, I, I, it still fails me to understand why it is that people just find that being more cautious is a big deal. But you know, look, it, it, it maybe on a separate subject, but it's just, it's the same thing. Like with the mask the guidance, it comes down. I, I was, I saw that the European Union. 
was um uh going to push to uh uh eliminate uh benefits for plug-in hybrid electric vehicles. The reason being because people in Europe that are buying the plug-in hybrids kept not plugging them in. <laughs> okay. All right. Um and so it, and so what they were arguing is you've got these vehicles that have all this extra hardware that weighs more that is supposed to make it efficient, but that people aren't using it. Mm-hmm. And I'm just kind of like, and I got into this, not a, we were having a discussion online about this in one of the car groups that I'm on. And one of the people pointed out to me, because I was talking about, look, I have one. I plug it in every day. I'm getting 50 miles per gallon. I, I, why the hell, you know, what? I don't understand what the fuck the problem is. And one of the guys pointed out, you know, it seems like from the discussion that you are just far more diligent than most people. <laughs> and I'm like, I sighed and I said, oh, yeah. That's so... Right. Back to the vaccine and back to, or no. Back but, but it's the same thing with the, this is what I'm talking about with the masks. Yeah. I'm like, you tell me that, hey, let's do just small groups. You know, let's use, you know, we need to use masks when we're in situations like you were talking about. And I'm like, oh, that sounds good. Okay. Proactive makes sense. But like you mentioned, there's an entire group of people. It's like, ah, who cares? Fuck it. And I'm just like, why? What's. Why can't you just, if I got my eight-year-old son that can fucking wear a mask for a whole fucking day, why the hell can't you as an adult just fucking do it? Yeah. And, 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 and look, in terms of the incentivizing people, I mean, that's where one of the hard questions on this messaging is, right? Like, if you could tell people, you know, it, it, let's say if it, if it gets people to vaccinate faster, is it worth saying, okay, fine, <laughs> you throw caution to the wind once you've been vaccinated, just do whatever the fuck you want. It's fine. If that actually achieved a higher vaccination rate faster, would it actually be better than whatever cost is borne by those people not being careful? Especially since, as we said, all the indications are that those people are probably not going to be transmitting the disease anyway. It just hasn't been rigorously proved yet. Right. And, and so, which brings me to my last sort of aspect of the, uh, of the pandemic I wanted to ask you about, it, which, which is the big uproar over vaccine passports. Because, like, you could see this being part of the, hey, you can do anything once you've been vaccinated, is if certain businesses were like, sure, we're wide open to you as long as you show us your vaccine passport. Um, what do we feel about that? Does it, I, I'm like, I'm fine with that. <laughs> You know, but there are a lot of people who are really upset about that idea. Yeah, uh, I yeah, and there's a lot of people that are upset about that. But it, look, it's also uh, uh, it, 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 but this is a very complicated thing, right? Is we're in a country, uh, you know, uh, that doesn't have like national ID rules. 
Right. Doesn't have. And, and mo- uh, most places in the world do, by the way, but we don't. Yeah, m- but we don't. Um, you know, uh, it, we, we don't have, it, 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 you know, it, 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 you know, we don't have a lot of things that are national in nature and that cover everybody because of how, I mean, our birth certificates are not national. Our, our, our social security is not mandatory for everybody. And so how do you make something like that? You know, mandatory for everybody. Well, and even even there, I mean, there's a difference, right? Like, you know, we're not necessarily saying everybody has to have the vaccine, but you are potentially saying, like, let's say movie theaters, just as an example. Say, we're going to have some of the theaters operating completely normally, no mask requirements, no social distancing requirement. We will pack the theater for the newest blockbuster release, and you can have your good old-fashioned movie theater experience just like you used to before the pandemic, but you have to show proof of vaccination to get in that theater. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't... I mean, I could... I could easily see that as something that a business like that would want to do because they want to provide the the full unrestricted experience like they used to, but they can't just throw that open to everybody because certain people would still be risky and you could you could still get yourself a super spreader event. Uh, but if you knew everybody in there was vaccinated, thumbs up go for it. But I'm sure a lot of people would be upset about that. If we try to do it right now with like the little vaccination cards they give out now, you know, people are printing out their own. They're easy to fake. There's no check. So like that would be not useful. So if you were going to do something like that, you'd have to have something a little bit more secure or something. Uh, otherwise, what's the point? If, if anybody can just fake one who can, then it's useless. Right. Um, but but certainly things like yeah, but people get upset about this like, oh my god, it's violating my freedom to have to show this kind of stuff. Look, first of all, in terms of regular passports, there are many countries in the world where you already have to show a vaccination passport to get in. You know, it, it is part of the normal travel routine to certain parts of the world. But even beyond that, just you know, I, I have a note from my kid's school right now. To, you know, for him to start next fall, I have to bring in his shot card or proof of that he's up to date on his shots. That's already part of what we have in requirements almost almost all over the country in terms of being able to prove that you've gotten your normal set of vaccinations that you expect if you're going to go to school. You know, it's not like these things don't exist. Well, I mean, we, we have required vaccines for school for a long time. Yeah. You need to bring in these forms filled out. Or you can't, you know, or otherwise you can't get schooled. Either college or 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 elementary and you know, uh, middle and high school. Yeah, and, and typically there are sort of exceptions for you know you can't take the vaccine for health reasons some places allow religious exemptions as well right and different states have different levels of what you have to do to get exempt which is why certain states have had problems with old diseases coming back because they're really loose with that stuff other places are more tight but the point is that exists right there are already things that you can't do without proving your vaccination uh history and Honestly, given the severity of this disease, 
I see no reason why we shouldn't expect that to be the case going forward. Like, you know, yeah, I fully expect that to do certain things, uh, like school, you're going to have to show that you're vaccinated. To show proof of vaccination, yeah. Yeah. Now, one of the problems that we have right now, and uh, <laughs> I was, uh, you know, that is happening already, is uh, people... Uh, you know, lying about being vaccinated. Yeah, well, that, well, that's what I'm saying. You know, it's right now. First, first of all, yeah, you can just lie. Uh, but even if you, you know, it, it's trivially simple to go print yourself out one of those cards if you wanted it. Yeah, I know. I mean, it just takes. It, it, you know, that was one of my arguments about people were saying, "Oh, well, why are you posting?" And I'm like, it's the stupidest fucking thing I heard. First of all, I mean, you know, I, I, I could Google. Uh, uh, I mean, I could Google like anybody and find uh, their birthday. <laughs> yeah, you could fucking Google any. I mean, oh, oh, there's PII. What PII? I can fucking go on Google and find out your birthday. What the fuck? Okay. Uh, yeah, those, those cards don't have anything particularly sensitive, and so then people were. Con- there is nothing on there that I can't find off Google. What the fuck is like not taking a picture of the card? In the fucking card, there's like a but three hundred million plus of them, you know, going around. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's a hundred million in your card. There's a hundred million of them going around. I mean, it's just the, the, the whole argument was just so dumb. I just, I don't, I don't understand who's saying this. Like, there's PII. What fucking PII? That damn card, listen, the card is just a plain paper card. It doesn't have a watermark. It didn't have any security print on it. The 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 information on the, you know, it had like the, 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 they put down like the vaccine you got, the date, maybe the batch, you know, whatever on it. That's it. It's not like any of that can't be just, and it's not like there's no, it's not going to a central database, okay? Um, you know, it, it, it's not like there is, it, it, I, you know, there, there's just nothing that you, there's just nothing on there that is in any way, shape, or form not easily just forged. I mean, I can just print one up, write it up for you right now, and nobody can tell the fucking difference. I can make one for just about anybody I want. So I just, you know. Uh, and even like, mm. you know, I had the old, like, I have one of the old copies of the vaccine passports, the one that were really the ones for the World Health Organization that we used to use, that, that we use for like travel. Those are super easily forgeable too. Just to be clear, like, I have one of the vaccine passport books. I think it's in, like, I have a little important documents box over here. It's the original one that I got when I was a baby traveling internationally to Africa. Right. You know, I still, I have the 50-year-old little thing with the stamps and signatures in it somewhere here. You know, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no security on that damn thing. No, there's nothing. (laughs) Nothing. Not one damn thing. So uh, anyway, I, so anyway, I, I, we're not, well, we're not, what, what other thing I was going to, well, one other thing I, I'll mention two quick things. It's just to reiterate in one of our last ones, I talked about what was going on in South America. Yeah. And uh, 
specifically that Brazil was like, uh, basically like so many people going to vacation on Brazil was a big cause of it. Two articles came out in the Washington Post, like in the last 10 days. One that specifically talked about how I mentioned that Brazil, well, basically the, the article was, it is what I told people already that Brazil has become South America's super spreader event. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically reiterating what I said that everybody went to fucking vacation in Brazil and just basically picked it up and brought it back home. Amazing. Uh, to, to wherever the hell they were, uh, uh, you know, because Brazil was just like completely open. So that was, that was definitely it. The other, uh, the other thing that, uh, was, uh, also in, in the Washington Post was another, ar- an article talking specifically about, uh, Chile has vaccinated, uh, far more than many other countries, but, but, um, they're using the Chinese vaccine. Okay. And what's happening is that China has actually come out and actually admitted this, that, yeah, it's not as effective as the Pfizer and Moderna ones. Yeah. And so, uh, they're saying that basically after the first dose, it's just not – because the Pfizer vaccine is almost 90-plus percent effective after the first dose seven days in. Mm-hmm. Okay? Uh, not so the CoronaVac, and not even after the second dose. Um, And so – but but really ba- – but, but it's not very good after the first dose. Uh, and so Chile is having – even though they have vaccinated a ton of people with that vaccine – they are having a very, very bad outbreak. Um, and basically what the officials are saying, well, in large part is because the vaccine's not as effective and because many people are going out and like doing active stuff after just the first dose. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that first dose of that vaccine is just not that effective. <sighs> yeah, lovely. So, um, but look, the fucking Chinese, I mentioned this earlier, the fucking Chinese knew this. I mean, shit, it's like, why the hell, I, I, I got my friends in Hong Kong that were getting vaccinated. What the hell were they getting vaccinated with? Pfizer. Mm-hmm. BioNTech. In fucking Hong Kong. And I, and I, and I made a joke about it. I'm like, oh, no Chinese vaccine, huh? And I'm, you're like... Why the hell do you think not? I mean, they even they they knew, they knew. So, so be- before we move on, since you you mentioned some of the trends in in Brazil and elsewhere, I just wanted to on the global basis right now, we are on the verge. It it, it will probably happen in the next couple of days, maybe even before this podcast gets out. The Seven-day average cases worldwide is about to hit an all-time high, exceeding where it was in January. Now, this is cases. This is not uh, deaths. But yet, the high in January uh, worldwide for cases was on January 11th, 746,000 a day worldwide. Um, As of... The most recent day we have data for, which is April 16th, seven-day average is at 742.9. <laughs> you know, so that's that's like right there. Actually, yeah, it's it's 
just a few thousand away. So like, unless the trend reverses itself dramatically, like overnight, we're going to beat that. Now it's cases, it's not deaths. Deaths is still, you know, off the January lows by a decent bit on a worldwide basis, but we're still going up quickly. It is a little bit of a slowdown in the last couple of days, but I want to point out again, sort of the weirdness of the Easter holiday. Cause the, the seven-day average included until today, the day they were catching up after Easter and blah, blah. Yeah, it, but it, it's still going up uh, on a worldwide basis. Um, also, looking at, you know, country-wise, for new cases, you know, I mentioned the other uh, other day India and how bad India was. Yeah. India is now the country that uh, on an absolute basis, not per capita, is generating more new cases per day than anywhere else in the world. Um, they're still much smaller on deaths, though. Uh, Brazil is still the the big place in the world for deaths at the moment, uh, with with uh, lots of places in Europe not being that great and coming up after them. But uh, yeah, it's it still looks messy on a worldwide basis. Some of those countries, though, I mean, you mentioned a couple of the ones in South America. Europe has been slow on vaccination, but they're sort of finally getting up to speed in some cases. So, uh, you know, they were a bit slow getting yes. there, but they yes. are getting there. So hopefully, again, cross your fingers, like all, and, you know, all of these upward trends, they'll top off and start going back down again. And, and maybe as vaccine penetration in increases, they'll stay down. But uh, uh, the, this, this is still a lot out there. I mean, it, it's especially from the vantage point of the U.S., where cases are going slightly up in the U.S., but deaths are still going down. From the U.S., you know, numbers are great. The trends are still good. It, it's it's very easy to have an it's over attitude here. Um, worldwide, not so much. And I know I've said that every week for the last few weeks, but it's still true. I mean, I, 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 I mean, I'm looking at like, for example, I'm looking at a chart of like counties in Florida where, you know, it's very clear that you can see like where, uh, uh, there is a correlation. Yeah. A strong one. Towards lower cases, lower deaths, and high vaccination rates. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, soaring cases in places with very little vaccination. It's just a very, you know, there's just a very strong correlation. Surprise. It's just, you know, it's just the data. Yeah, surprise, surprise. <laughs> you know. Okay, uh, let's take a break. We'll come back uh, with two more topics. Back after this. Facebook, Facebook, Facebook! Hey, do you want to help support Curmudgeon's Corner? Well, right now, the best way is through Facebook. If you haven't already liked us on Facebook and you actually, well, like us, then go search for Curmudgeon's Corner on Facebook and like our page. It will help you see when we announce new episodes, and it'll help us reach more new people, too. If you like a particular episode, like our episode announcement post, too, or share it with your friends. All of this helps spread the word about our podcast to more people who might like it as well. And of course, 
We love having a conversation with all of you listeners, so please use Facebook to leave comments on the shows, give us suggestions, or anything else like that. It's always great to hear from you. So, if you want to help the show, use Facebook. Uh, or forget all of that and just send us money. Okay, we are back, but hey. I can only let you listen to the second half of the show if you show your vaccine passport. You got that? Okay, uh, well, I have it. Do you want me to send you a picture now? I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to our listeners. Oh, okay. If, If you do not have your vaccine passport, you need to, you know, turn this off and go away. We don't want you anymore. Any mer? So that's that's a new that's our new policy. That's our new policy. Vaccinated listeners only. Okay, now that sounds cool. We're we're kidding, of course. Uh, if you're if you're unvaccinated, feel free to listen to us. Well, ju- we may ju- get you sick through the through the internet. Yeah, that because that's how viruses work. I've heard about these computer viruses all my life. Exactly. Well, I'm going to fax the podcast over to you today after we're done. <laughs> is that, um, excellent. Is that yeah, is it? Yes. Will that work? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, no. Uh, you you can be unvaccinated and listen to the show. That's fine. Just just don't come over to my house. But we'll we'll just like I said, we'll just fax the podcast over to you if you're not vaccinated. Okay, great. That, okay. So anyway, uh, aside from that, um, I guess it's my turn. It's your turn. So you know we we've kept saying specifically for that trial going on in Minneapolis. Let's wait till we actually have a verdict and then we can talk about it then. But everything else has exploded this week. So I'm going to just generally do the more broad topic of police violence, especially to people of color, because it seems like just in the last week, you know, we've had this trial going on, but then we've had like you know, a whole bunch of other examples you know, we've, we've had, um, uh, we've had multiple people shot. We've had, uh, that guy who was pulled out of his car and mistreated and, and mistreated. Um, and so we, and we once again have like protests in the street that are being put down by police and it's, it's all, you know, it's all very depressing because it's all the same thing. It's exactly what we saw a year ago. It's the same thing. You know, it, it, it's like we had all of this conversation, but we still, nothing's different yet. Well, look, I don't know if um, nothing is different. I I mean, I, I know I, I, there, there is more awareness. There's more sympathy. There, the more of the white population is aware that oh yeah, maybe this really is an issue compared to like a year or two ago. Um, but in terms of, I mean, but we still have you know the 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 cops killing this 13 year old kid with his hands up. You know, I mean, and yeah, apparently he did have a gun that he threw away or whatever, but he had his hands up. He was given up. You know, we had uh, the other guy who was uh, who was shot when the police officer intended to tase them over, you know, and they had a misdemeanor warrant out for missed fines on a marijuana thing that they found out after they pulled him over for some bullshit traffic thing. Right. But but again, the, 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 uh, the, the, the whole damn thing was that, I mean, 
I don't understand. I mean, th- th- this one is just the baffling one. That that officer, and it was clear from the audio. <laughs> that she was surprised. She did not intend to shoot him. She did not intend to shoot the guy. She was like, oh shit, I shot him. Literally, those were her words. And I'm just like, literally. And I'm just like, how the fuck? You? I mean, how the hell do you wind up shooting a guy when you meant to tase him? I mean, and that goes to me to the problem that is really at the root of this. And it's how we arm and train police in general in this country. Yeah. And and look, th- this woman... There was no, like, rookie mistake no. thing here. She was no. on the force for 26 30 years. years. Was it 30? Yeah. I thought it was 26 years. Anyway, a long, long time. 20, uh, look, 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 she was, whatever. She was the head you know, of the police 20, union. She, like... She did training for people. This this particular case, apparently, she had a trainee with her. Right. And you're like, come on, man. What the hell? I just want to get this out too. Like, yes, there's the actual confusion of taser versus gun, which is like mind blowing. It's like really, and apparently I saw people pulling out that th- this happens like a dozen times a year or something. This exact problem. It's, it's sometimes it's fatal. Sometimes it's not, but this sort of, Oh, I meant to tase them. I shot them instead. It's not like it never happens. Um, it's rare, but it, it does happen every year. Um, but Aside from I mean, that, but, th- shit, there's the, man. but there's the whole escalation bit of it too. Again, like I said, it's like you pull somebody over for a tra- for a traffic violation, and then and and then you, yeah, okay, they had a warrant out. Yeah, okay, they weren't cooperating fully. But it wasn't but, like it it, 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 it there, there was a warrant out, but it wasn't. A, this was not a violent criminal. There was no. nothing in this record that showed that whatever the hell it was was it was a misdemeanor. It's like I mean, shit. It might have well been that the guy had parking tickets. Well, okay, if, if I understand correctly, there was a there was a minor marijuana offense that he was supposed to pay a fine. It was something like three hundred fifty bucks, and he hadn't paid the fine. So literally the same thing. So it's the same shit. So it's like, I mean, you just, we just shot a guy basically over parking tickets. Yeah. I mean, what the fuck? What the hell's wrong with this? There's just something very wrong with this. And I I also think, and I was listening to another podcast, a conversation surrounding this, how um, a lot of police officers right now are really in a um, fortress mentality about this, like right now, where they don't even want to acknowledge, they don't even want to talk about it. I I think they feel that they're being, you know, I I, I have to guess that. I, I heard one quote. I heard one quote say, from somebody saying, it feels like the American police system is on trial. And I'm like, damn right you are. Damn right it is. <laughs> and you're being found guilty. It is not okay. It's not okay. And and yes, the I think it was the American system of policing is on trial. But and yeah, and and you're failing completely. This is not how policing should work. And if you think it is, you should not be a cop. Right. 
But I think a lot of these cops that have probably been on the force a long time, there's a good number of them that probably think that they're doing a and I'm going to say that there's got to be a number of them that are going a good community service. They feel that they're being assailed and that they have no protection. But at the same time, I'm sorry, it's one of these things where you have to take ownership and accountability for the fuck ups. You know, it doesn't matter how much good you do. I'm sorry, but it, it can't be that you're just because of all the good that you feel that you do. You're just going to bury your head in the sand and just go, la, 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 la. I'm not going to listen to this. Mm-hmm. That's just not, you can't, I mean, it, it, that's that's not a way of fixing this. And what you're doing is inflaming people even more by refusing to acknowledge that this is a problem. And there are many people in policing that refuse to acknowledge that this is a problem. I think I think you are absolutely right, and sort of the people reacting to the riots, not even riots, the, the, even reacting to the peaceful protests, right, are, are with extreme force, right? But the one thing that you could say might be different from last year is if you've been looking at this trial that's been going on on, how do you say the cop's name, Siobhan or something, the guy who's on trial. Um, no, I can't pronounce his name. You know. Lots of police officers have testified against him at that trial. Like the chief of police, the, the chief of police in that town, uh, the longest ranking police officer, you know, they they had a parade of people from the police department testifying how no, this violated every single one of his uh every single one of our policies. No, this is not how we train people. No, he should not have done that. You know, over and over and over again. Where, you know, in many of these cases, you know, over the years, you know, the police, you know, the thin blue line, right? They they right. they protect their own no matter what. And you are seeing that break down at least in this one case. Maybe it is because it is so blatant and it was all on video and everybody saw it, but yeah, there's not, they weren't doing that. Yeah. They were all like, yep, he absolutely, he did the wrong thing. This was no good, blah, blah, blah. They, there was no defending that man uh, from his own colleagues there. Now, of course, the defense found people to come on and say that he was fine. Um, I saw people point out that those expert witnesses that were brought on by the defense, you know, have themselves been in trouble for trying to cover up police malfeasance in the past and stuff like that. So oh, it's like, gee, what a shocking so, <laughs> thing. Exactly. But, you know, so maybe there is some change in the environment from where we used to be, but not nearly enough. Yeah. I think that's the, that's the problem. Uh, but again, I, I go back to, um, the fact that this whole thing is systemic. Yeah. Right. And, um, you know, an election doesn't just change something like this overnight. And, and I haven't said the words yet, but this is clearly got a racial component to it too oh totally you know you you can't imagine some of these scenarios same scenarios playing out if the guy was white 
Oh, yeah. No, totally. I know people can pull out some examples of white people who have been treated bad. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that... It's not very common. Yeah. It's not very common. Look, I, I, I go and I... Look, the racial component in all of this is always very real. Is the reason why I, I go and why would my brother, who looks almost exactly like me, I mean, bad enough that he looks almost exactly like me, that that uh, uh, his face ID confuses him with me, okay, <laughs> all right, on his phone. Yeah. So so let's be, you know, this isn't just me saying it. This is just how 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 alike we are. And, you know, I've been pulled over by the police, and I remember this one time that I got pulled over. I mean, I've been pulled over uh, probably in situations where I probably should have been maybe, you know, uh, maybe, you know, uh, given a ticket or, or something or whatever, where I've just been let off without anything. Mm. Whereas my brother... uh has been arrested on several times, even just once he's just riding in the back of the car. And I will attribute it mainly because my brother has a very thick accent when mm. he speaks English, and I don't. And so I don't get, you know, they look at me and they think I'm white. But when my brother opens his mouth, you know he's not. And so... And so I see that, right? Um, and so I saw this guy who who was African American that was in the military that got pulled over by these cops. Yep. That wound up uh because they couldn't see his temporary tag in his car, and all the guy did was he didn't want to pull over in a dark area, so he pulled over at a gas station where his lit were to be completely. I mean, it's you know, the right thing it, to do. It, I mean, it's the right thing to do. I mean, it, what he did was totally opposite. He actually put them in a safer situation, not a less safe situation, by pulling up in a well lit place. And the cops are, even though at that point they could probably see exactly that the violation they thought he had, he didn't have, mm -hmm. and that the guy is not being combative. Uh, they, you know, I mean. They they pepper sprayed this guy in the face, and I guarantee you that if that was a blonde woman sitting in the front of that car, do you think any of that would have happened? Probably not. I know. It, no fucking way. And you know it wouldn't have never happened. Or like you said, at least it's much rarer. I mean, I have seen an occasional you know, video of uh, some you know redneck white, white woman being mishandled by the police as well. Uh, but it's, it, it, we're not saying it should happen more often to white people. We're saying it should happen less often to everybody and especially less often to the minorities that are often targeted for this. Right. <sighs> I mean, it, it's just the, the proportionality is the thing here. And this, this comes back to, you know, whenever we talk about this, we end talking about how the American police have been militarized and how their attitude is they are warriors and they're going out and combating, blah, blah, blah. Whereas that's completely the wrong attitude. <laughs> you know, that, that is not what it should be. They should, it you know, the, the, this quote unquote protect and to serve. Yeah. That's, that's what it really should be about. And that includes 
protecting the guilty people. Yes. You know, it is like, you know, I've, I've seen one of the things that, uh, you know, they're presumed guilty people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but one of the things I've seen over and over, whenever we see these things is, you know, because people always like in all of these cases we've talked about today, people have tried to dig up like, well, what was that person doing that was wrong? What did they, you know, what did they do that they shouldn't have done? What does their record look like? What have they done? And have they been arrested in the past? Are they a bad person? And the only response to that, it doesn't matter. The police aren't supposed to kill the guilty people either. Right. You know, that's no, I don't care if they're 100% guilty. (laughs) The police are not supposed to kill them. You know, the only possible as well, as, as far as I'm concerned, the only possible justification of lethal force is if there is an imminent danger to someone around like you know not not just they're not doing what you tell them to do i mean like you know in these cases like you know this this warrant for the 350 dollar fine or whatever if if the guy speeds off away fine you've got you've got their information you know who they are Go get them later. Well, I think that one of the things that I uh, I was in another discussion thread about this is that um, a lot of things that police do traffic stops for in the U.S. more specifically than than say in Europe or other places are things that are bullshit. <laughs> probably don't need a traffic stop. Yeah. Those are things that a mail-in violation, a notice, or something like that, whatever, is probably an appropriate thing. Like one one example, just to that, I, I, one of my Facebook friends brought this up on on their page was like expired tags. The DMV knows they're expired. Right, you send them a fine by mail. That's it yeah exactly you don't have to do a damn thing you should not be stopping somebody for that for for expired tags yeah you shouldn't be stopping somebody honestly for most speeding unless you caused a crash or something in many most places they send up up you know a fine by mail too it's photo radar uh Unless you are actually posing a danger to other drivers because you're driving recklessly or you're speeding fast enough that you could, you know, you, you do, you do make a judgment. Like if you're, if you're weaving between the lanes and it looks like you're drunk, by all means, pull them over, you know? Yeah. That, I don't know what I'm saying. Right. Unless it's something that is, it is, that is deemed a danger to, to that. But like, you know, you don't, you don't, you, you, you turn right on red, like, like if you're going, if, if you're going 60 in a residential area, fine. You know, you know, you're, you're, but, but again, even that doesn't necessarily mean it's an imminent threat to, to, to people because, you know, it, you know, getting into a high speed chase over that uh, most times high speed chases are dangerous. You're causing danger. Yeah. No, the high speed chases are, are always more dangerous than whatever they're chasing. Yeah. Almost always. Yeah. Almost always. It, it, unless the person who is running is simultaneously shooting out the window or something. Right. No, and, and most of those high-speed chases are ridiculously dangerous. Yes, absolutely. And so it, it's just that I 
you know, for the most part, in terms of that active policing that they are that they are doing is not helping anybody. No. I think a lot of the times the reason, you know, many many places do it is because it's revenue generation. Yeah, you got revenue generation, the cops have quotas, etc. And if you've got a quota, you're going to pick on the what are you perceive as the easy cases. You know, you are you're you know, you're you're going to go after you're going to go after the ones you think you can get away with getting after. And in many cases, that ends up being you're going after people of color that look like they don't have a lot of income, uh, you know, because you think they're not you're just going to get whatever, you know, and it, it's it's not the right way to go. Um, and I, I think, you know, th- that kind of thing, like. It's just ridiculous. The fact that there are small towns out there who the traffic ticket from speeding tickets from people going through the town is a significant portions of the town's revenue. That just should not exist. You know, Um, it's it it sets up all the wrong incentives. But, you know, and but also aside from the revenue thing, you also do get a significant portion. And I'm not going to say it's a majority, but enough to cause a problem of people who go into policing, go into it because of the power trip. Yes. And want to lord it over people as much as they can, and they like the idea that they're the one with the gun telling people what they have to do and making them over and making them do this, and they get off on arresting people and all this kind of stuff. And again, if if you had a just system, those are the type of people you would weed out and make sure are not in your police force at all. Right. Yeah. Look, uh, uh, one of the things that people argue is like, well, that kind of policing is what makes sure that people stay in toe the line and blah, 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 whatever. Uh, I will. I listen, a certain level of policing and security is right. It it does keep uh, a community safe. But again, traffic stops aren't necessarily a way that aren't the only way of doing that. I, I I posit the example that I that I learned from Brazil specifically, where around Sao Paulo, uh, twenty years ago, I mean, driving it was, I mean, it was the wild west. It was insane. I mean, <laughs> the way people drove around there. I mean, I well, it's kind of like how we drove in Puerto Rico. It was nuts. I mean, it was just traffic rules. What rules? I mean, fuck that. Whatever. But about. A little over a decade ago, they put traffic cameras and started sending people tickets, and they put really stiff fines. I uh, I have never seen a more dramatic shift in driving behavior in my <laughs> life anywhere than after they started putting fines that before, uh, you know, you might get a $5 fine, the equivalent in U.S. dollars or whatever, and they jacked them up to $150. And then it, they would, you would rack them up, and then after one point, you would get your, you know, license suspended, and and it's, it, you know, it, it really escalated quickly. And I will tell you that I had never seen anybody. I mean, a, a, a city is driving become more civilized so quickly than when they did that. And what it proves is the point that you can accomplish these things that you're talking about without having to do this shit that we do in the U.S. Well, and 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 even for like p- 
patrolling, right? Like, you know, you you don't need the armed cop in the big police car. No. You have the the unarmed cop walking around, checking out the neighborhoods, making friends with the people who live there, making sure he's known so that people trust him and will go to him when they need help and or her. You know, and and you know, this this the whole idea of neighborhood policing where the police yes. build up a relationship with the people who live there and build up trust and are involved in the community, not just coming in and you know, busting the corner drug dealer or whatever. You know, no, they're they're coming in and they're they're a member of the, the community and you know, it and you know and this is why when people talk about, you know, reforming the police in one way or another um you know and 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 we had the whole arguments last year about defund the police and all this kind of terminology and how that's probably not the best way to talk about the things but i think it's clear like from all of these examples that we've been talking about that so many police departments all across the country need to be you know, ripped apart and start over from scratch. I mean, hiring different kind of people with a different mindset of how you approach the problem. And yeah, absolutely. The kinds of things people are talking about, about like certain calls, you know, if you've got a mentally ill person generating a ruckus somewhere, don't send a cop, send someone who has experience dealing with mentally ill people. Right. You know? Yep. Uh, and, and that kind of thing, you know, seems, you know, Absolutely appropriate. Like, and, and you, most of the time you don't need them to be like heavily armed or even armed at all. You know, uh, you know, sometimes you do, but maybe the default is, you know, you keep that shit in the car unless you're in a situation where you absolutely know you need it, you know, and that would take some of this out. And, and again, like, you know, you talk about training, but it's not like go, go have them do a, a one hour class or, or, you know, or some stupid little training thing. It has to be built in from the beginning. The whole notion that no de-escalation is important and it's the first thing you always do. And you should always be looking for opportunities to de-escalate, to de-escalate. That should be like, that should be like a core value of every law enforcement officer in the country, you know, and it's not, it's much the opposite. Yeah. Okay. Um, <sighs> okay. It seems like we talk about this every few months and it's depressing every time. Uh, so one more topic, Yvonne, I think, and that'll be a show probably. Uh, so what is your last topic of the day? Do, do, do. So at this point, Sam stepped away from his computer while editing. When he came back, he discovered that his son, Alex, had edited approximately the next 10 minutes of the show while he was gone. Alex cares about different things when editing than Sam does. See if you can tell the difference. Do, do, do. My last topic of the day is going to be on... Oh, God. Uh, let's see. Let's see if something that we haven't picked... Uh, He's something we skipped before. Did we talk about infrastructure week? You know what? Let's talk about infrastructure week, shall we? What okay. the hell? There we go. Okay. So the infrastructure bill is out there. Did you read any of the things that they were proposing as infrastructure, Sam? 
I, I have not obviously read the actual proposal in detail, but I've read the summaries. Yes, yes, I know that the, you know, it, it, it's all 100% bridges and roads, right, Yvonne? Uh, if I remember correctly, it's about 25, 30% of it. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, the, the big controversy, of course, is they're, they're shoving all kinds of things in there that uh, people normally don't call infrastructure. They're, you know, he, um, elder care is in there. Um, uh, universal broadband is in there, uh, which is kind of infrastructure. Anyway, I, I, I see the people arguing that universal broadband isn't isn't infrastructure anymore. I, I don't I, I, I put those people in the category of kooks. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, all kind all kinds of stuff. But, you know, look, I, I the people who are arguing, is it infrastructure? Is it not infrastructure? Who f- cares? <laughs> you know, I, I, it's a well, bunch of good stuff. I, I, you know, the, the the White House put uh, a series of fact sheets uh, uh, by state that showed the kind of stuff that they were uh, doing, okay, uh, for each state. And so I, it, 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 I, I thought that they were, it was quite interesting, and it gave people some good uh, talking points about what what each state would have um so i'll give you an example of like uh florida for example um so let's see roads and bridges okay so they were very specific uh that you know talking about how there are 408 bridges and 3564 miles of highway in poor condition so they're specific about how much they were targeting um talking about commute times increasing 11.6% and so how uh you know how that was included so so that uh so those there would be money for that public transportation there would be money as well i i think some people that's the one thing you were talking about how some people um were arguing against that as part of infrastructure um, you know, and they would put funding and, and because sixteen percent so, 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 of look, the trains look, I, I and just, other vehicles. I just want to say this: past useful life. I can definitely see the argument that something like elder care. Okay, maybe that's a little bit of a stretch for infrastructure, but co- public, co- but public transportation. Of course, it's infrastructure. Broadband. Of course, it's infrastructure. What are, What are you even talking about for those kinds of well, things? Well, but the, these know? they're arguing like resilient infrastructure. They were talking about. You know how, you know, you know, they were going to put fifty billion for improve the resiliency of our infrastructure and support, you know, to against like uh, how to deal with this extreme weather. Okay, uh, drinking water. Oh, but but Yvonne, you mentioned extreme weather. That's got to imply something about climate change, and that's all a hoax. So that of doesn't course, exist. That's yeah. a hoax. Yeah. Uh, but but know, yeah, just uh, how... just just to say that real quick, making. The infrastructure more resilient against natural disasters, so you can recover more quickly after something happens. Of course, that's right. infrastructure. That's just a, that's, of course, that's, that is infrastructure. Housing, uh, in, you know, uh, uh, increase uh, the amount of uh, supply of affordable housing, broadband. Um, you know, I guess the things that they included. This or the ones caregiving and childcare, where they're arguing, but at the same time, I'm like, you know. The argument about that is, you know, if people don't have access to childcare or caregiving for elderly adults, how can they work? Um, 
President Biden called something that was interesting. I hadn't heard anybody else articulate this before in, in a video I saw. He was describing that a lot of people right now that are alive, that are around my age, they call them the sandwich generation. Mm -hmm. And what he referred to that is that we are probably one of the biggest generations that is having to take care of disabled parents while at the same time as disabled children. Mm -hmm. Because that wasn't the case 30, 40, 50 years ago. And and just just to be clear, even, even, even without throwing disability into it. When you have young children, elderly parents, and you have to worry about making sure both of them are taken care of properly, you've already got a double burden there. And, uh, you know, it, it, depending on exactly where your ages are and blah, blah, blah. But, but, but exactly. Know, so. so they could be they could be healthy, but, but yeah. there are a lot of people that also have to deal with both yes. at the same time, which just is, is a nightmare. Okay. All right. Um, and, you know, how, why... Caregiving and childcare is important because without that infrastructure, those people can't can't work. They're being stretched to you know to the max. You, you can't you know live properly when you're having to take care of two generation, three generations at the same time. It's just very hard, and so this is why I think. Which is why I understood that Biden placed an important on this because he pretty much figured that, you know, it, it, it allows people to work. And and so without that and, and how many country, other countries, especially in Europe, provide that to help people be able to work. So that, that that's something there. Uh, then manufacturing, home energy, clean energy jobs and veterans health. And so I, I thought it was just, you know. I think it was good to be able to provide people some talking points to let them, like, understand it. I think one of the things that you mentioned and that I agreed with was the Republicans are not going to negotiate in any good faith on any of this whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So what what I said on this, and uh, Yvonne's referring to something I said on the Curmudgeon's Corner Slack, which you should all join, um, is that, look— the Democrats should do whatever they need to do to get all the Democrats they need to get past yep. to get past a yep. majority. So, yep. like, if they have to reduce this plan a little bit to get Mansion on board, fine, Kim. But so be it, right? <laughs> you know, we understand we need to get Mansion. We so if, if we're if we're building a West Virginia autobahn, fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, th- no. How, th- how many lanes do you want on it? Well, no, but this is the distinction I want. I want to make. You know, <laughs> there's a difference between being willing to take things out and being willing to put things in. I think for to get Mansion, to get Cinema, to get to get to fifty votes in the Senate, to get the just barely majority you have on the House, if you've got some reluctant Democrats who are like, "Oh, this is too big. I have to be able to tell my constituents that I brought this down a little bit or that we are indeed paying for it with with whatever and we're so, not yeah, this isn't like tax and spend Democrats. We're, right. we're being responsible. Fine. Do whatever you need to get those Democrats on board. But for right. the Republicans, the message should be fl- well, not just fl- the message should be flat out. Look, look, we are willing to hear your ideas. 
if there is anything you want to add, add, we are right. all ears. If you want that extra, if you want that West Virginia Autobahn, no problem. Here you go. You want a few extra, uh, you want a few extra bridges or a community center in North Dakota. Here you go. Have fun. Anything that you want to add that you think your local community needs, by all means, we're, by all means, we're wide open. Tell us what you want. We'll add it right in there. But they should not remove one penny to get a Republican vote. Not one Especially penny. because a Republican's idea of removing something is like right now what they're advocating is something that is two-thirds smaller. Yeah. And, and 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 the truth is that we know that even that proposal is not in good faith. So why the hell, if you know they're not even doing it in good faith, why the hell even like take out one thing? Yeah, because the, they're not negotiating their stand, in good faith. Their standard play, and this has played out over and over and over again since the beginning of the Obama administration, whenever you had this kind of situation, yep. is that the Republicans will come into negotiations and get the Democrats to remove this and remove that and remove that and remove that. And, and bend then over backwards and do all these changes and then they won't put in one vote yeah then at the Not end one of, then at the end of that they will find some bullshit reason of something to complain about in what's still left and said oh well we can't vote for it because of that and and, right. and then what is the end result the democrats have neutered the bill for nothing yep do 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 and that is the end of the alex edited portion of the show did you notice any differences do 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 Yep, that's exactly right. And so, yeah, like if the if the Republicans want to suggest anything to add, go for it. I mean, it was specifically done. Let's be clear. The best example of that was the Affordable Care Act. Yeah. Obama went and the Democrats bent over backwards to to assuage concerns from some Republicans they thought could vote for it. And in the end, not one single one of them voted for it. Yeah. And, 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 you know, Biden is very much aware of what happened back then and is not going to let it happen again. Yep. And I, I think that's absolutely fine. That's the right way to go. Um, I, I'm annoyed that we have, you know, a few of, a few demo, like Manchin's latest noise is you, you got to give the Republicans something or you're no, not getting my vote either. Essentially. Um, and because he's all about like, well, we got to we got to reach out and we got to try to be bar bipartisan and blah, blah, blah. And it's like you're living in the wrong world. Now, I understand he is a Democratic senator in West Virginia who's living on borrowed time. It's a miracle that there even is such a creature. Right. Um, right. So he's got to do what he's got to do. Um, and Democrats have to understand that. Listen, too. We have to do what he needs in order to make sure that he can get reelected. Okay. Yeah, well, he's, All right. He's and not so, getting reelected. He's a. He's, what are you? What are you? Why? Why are you saying that? Why, I mean, these guys all die in office. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I think what the it, hell are you talking about? He, he, he maybe he can squeeze. Yeah, well, out actually, he one. just got reelected. What the hell am I saying? He yeah, he's got time. Fucking, he's got time. He's got six more years. Yeah. I mean, you know, but but anyway, like, and I. I I feel like he's on borrowed time. Uh, he's probably gone after this term anyway, but. No borrowed time. Six more fucking years. Listen, I, I let me tell you something. 
I don't believe that for one fucking second. Look, the guy won with a huge margin mm. in a state carried by Trump yeah. by an equally huge margin. Stop saying that shit because the guy in an election that was more he knows polarized the formula. than ever. He, he knows the yes. formula to make this work. And yes. and so and who knows, maybe in six years he, he'll be able to pull it off. Uh but the point is if he pull, I, but, I'm, but, what I'm telling you right now is he was able to pull it off at this last election. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What but, the fuck makes you think he can't do it again in six years? Okay, okay. But the the main point though is in order to accomplish that, he has to be a certain way. He cannot be a progressive Democrat. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he he in 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 order to do the magic he has done in to enable him to be elected in West Virginia, he has to behave a certain way. And Democrats should be glad he's there. I mean, I know it is incredibly frustrating that he won't go along with certain things, but it's better to have him than the alternative. If we didn't have him, we'd have we'd have a fucking, you know, another fucking Ted Cruz. Yes. Or yeah. another, what's his name? What What's that? Uh, Tommy Tuberville actually is probably a better example. <laughs> actually, we have exactly another fucking Tommy Tuberville. So yeah, so the Democrats have to do whatever you have to do to get Manchin. Okay? Right. Fine. And and, and if that means cutting back a few things, fine. If fine. That, if that means uh, some additional, you know, some additional things that Republicans might like on the tax side, fine. Uh, but do it for Manchin. Don't do it to try to get Romney or Collins exactly. or any of yeah, these Yeah, because they're folks. not going to do it. They're not going to do it. If they if they come along in the end, fine. I mean, but like, don't do something to try to get them. Say, this is the deal. If you like it, vote for it. If you don't, too bad. Right. And again, if you think you can get their vote by giving them something, sure. Send more infrastructure to Maine and and Utah and wherever you need. If if that'll help get Romney's vote or Collins' vote or whatever, sure. Send them some pork. But don't take things out on their account. Yep. Agreed. So anyway, we'll see. Like in the the only other thing I want to say on infrastructure is the timetables are somewhat concerning to me. I mean, they're talking about the infrastructure debate stretching out months. And I feel like, you know, and, and look, either it may well be that the only thing they can realistically do is what they already did on COVID and infrastructure. And then they're effectively done for the rest of the year. It doesn't look like they have the votes for the voting rights stuff that they want to do. So make the most out of these two things. Uh, but at the same time, if you're even going to take a real shot at any of the other stuff, you know, you, you can't let this drag out all year, right? You, you need to get on with it um, and then get to the other. Now, if you've already decided everything else is a dead letter, then I guess it doesn't matter that much. But even so, I'm like, you know, hurry it on up. If you want to make sure that the effects of this stuff is well into play and well and is obvious to everybody um before we get to election year again uh move on so that you know these some of these things are actually getting built and people are actually seeing the advantages of it and people are actually getting you know the benefits of the elder care and child care and all this stuff you're talking about um you know get it out as quick as you can and like 
so I, I, I worry about them dragging their feet, but things are moving along. I mean, it's, it's always slow. Frustrating that it's always slow, but it's always slow. That's normal. Infrastructure week! Yeah, yeah. Go infrastructure. By the way, where is uh, Steve Mnuchin anyway? Is he dead or something? I, 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 you know, I haven't paid attention to any of those people recently. I, I did see uh, Pence got a pacemaker. Oh, well, I'm not. Jesus, I'm not surprised. Yeah. So he he had uh, yeah he had a little medical procedure going on there, but um, and uh, but yeah, no, no, I, I you know. There were a few things in the news this year, this year, there, there were a few things in the news this week about Trump administration stuff. Like I just saw a few hours ago, DOJ filed a lawsuit against Roger Stone for tax stuff, you know, a civil suit. Um, you know, we had the reports about, uh, uh, confirmation that, um, when Manafort gave the polling information to Kilmnick or whatever, however you say his damn name. I can't, I can't um, say his name. That he, in fact, turned right around and gave that to Russian intelligence. Now, who knows what they did with it? There's no confirmation that Trump knew about that. But we all sort of assumed that that step was happening. But apparently, the U.S. intelligence community now has proof of that. And it's unclear, did this proof exist during the Trump administration and just wasn't surfaced? Or is it new intelligence? Who the fuck knows? But okay, let me ask you a quick take a take a wild guess. What 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 do you think is the most likely? I think it existed during the Trump administration, and it yeah, but, of course it did. But you know, it, there has not been confirmation of that. But you know, all of these things of the the ex Trumpies again. My my take on all of those at this point is: wake me up when somebody's indicted. You know, otherwise, you know. I, at this point, following the ins and outs of individual investigations as they're, you know, because you keep getting these stories about, you know, the 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 folks in New York are still digging into uh, Trump's taxes and insurance information and all that kind of stuff. And they may do something at some point uh, that somebody in Congress just asked the DOJ uh, to look into. Um, oh, uh, what was the pump Pompeo? Uh, Pompeo's uh, tenure as Secretary of State, and was he misusing public funds and blah blah blah? Of course he was. They all were. Okay, <laughs> uh, and I'm glad if, if they actually look into that. I'm glad they do. That's the right thing. They should look into that. Um, but I, I can't bring myself to have any of those things as like I'm picking that as my topic because, like, you know. Okay, I'm glad they're. I'm glad they're continuing to look into it. Hopefully, something will come of it. Once something actually does come of it, then we can talk about it. And unless there's something really new and dramatic, and there hasn't been yet, so no, there hasn't been. So okay. Anyway, I think we're done, Yvonne. Yeah, we are done. <laughs> so we are done. It is time for. The fun, exciting stuff we do at the end of every show, which is tell you how to reach us and all that kind of stuff. Um, if you listen to us every week, you probably could skip this, but you shouldn't. Because every time we do it slightly differently and Yvonne tells you about things we're talking about on the Slack and, you know, there could be something interesting. So you should listen to every word, even if you hear it every week. Right, Yvonne? Yes. 
<laughs> so anyway, you can find us on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash curmudgeons corner. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at Abelsme, A-B-U-L-S-M-E. Yvonne is at I-M-B-O, I-M-B-O-U. If you don't like the social media places, you can email us. It's feedback at curmudgeons-corner.com. And that will go to both of us and Yvonne will see it and I won't. And we're not on Parlay, so forget it. We're not on Parlay. But Yvonne did mention a few weeks ago that he does have an OnlyFans. So, you know. <laughs> I I do not. I I would think that that no, I do not. I I I I I I really think that's a horrible idea. <laughs> well, I, I I wouldn't subscribe to you in any case, Yvonne. I I I am not taking that as an insult. I would not subscribe to myself on OnlyFans. Uh, in any case, uh, uh, where, where were we? Oh, yes. If you really like the show, you can donate to our Patreon. It's, it's patreon.com slash curmudgeons corner. We would love to get your little tips and donations and things like that. Um, at various levels of donation there, you can get us mentioning you on the show, a postcard, a mug, all kinds of fun stuff. And, uh, at $2 a month or more, or if you talk to us in all those other ways, then we will invite you to our Curmudgeons Corner Slack, where Yvonne and I and some of our listeners are chatting throughout the week and sharing links and fun stuff. So Yvonne, as I hinted at earlier, what are some fun and exciting things we have talked about on the Curmudgeons Corner Slack this week that we have not talked about on the show? Well, since you asked, okay, well, uh, for example, we had... uh... Uh, 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 a tweet about how a uh, space laser person and some other idiot v- were the only two people to vote against a bill to reauthorize the National Marrow Donor Program, which helped uh, victims of leukemia and other people be matched with, with donors. Okay. I just want to call out the only two people in the House of Representatives to vote against it. That means... This is a bill that actually had near, nearly unanimous <laughs> bipartisan support. That is not a common thing these days. Yes, and these two assholes, you know, yeah, what voted no? Okay, uh, yeah, because they're just assholes. Uh, there was the, the uh, another uh, interesting, uh, uh, you know, legislative shenanigan in the state of Tennessee. Uh, the 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 house over there passed a, a, a proposed a joint resolution to celebrate Tommy Laren's move to Nashville, where apparently the Senate there has a high threshold of better IQ, where no one agreed to sponsor it in the Senate. And if you read the resolution, which we posted uh, a link to it, it's just the most ridiculous fucking document on earth you should take a time i didn't actually click through to the link i i i feel ashamed uh, oh my god it, it's just it's just yeah but it's it's just amazingly bad uh we we talked about uh how the fbi unlocked uh, uh san bernardino shooter's phone using some australian company and posted a link to that um uh, we talked about uh, let's see, uh, Mike Lindell and uh, and his lawsuits, my pillow. Uh, my pillow. you know, and how it challenged the my pillow and the uh, you know law and the libel laws and whatever whatnot, and um, 
you know, uh, it's just, you know, those were, I think, uh, some of the uh, 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 more interesting things. Uh, there were some meteor highlights that we shared, you know, just uh, and how Bhutan uh, basically vaccinated everybody in their country yeah. in about a week. We mentioned that on last week's show, but I shared the graph. So, yes, we had the graph there to show that. So, so just, uh, you know, a whole bunch of very... Oh, and how I don't think we we mentioned it uh, that the, the Pfizer vaccine needs a uh, they they've officially basically are saying that we're going to have to get a booster in a year from now. Uh, uh, also uh, posted uh, a heartbreaking picture of the the young daughter of the of the uh, slain U.S. Capitol police officer that was wiping the tears of her mother during the service, and that picture was just. I, I, I don't know how that woman was there for that service. I don't, I don't, I, don't, I, I mean, I, 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 I that, that, she's a lot stronger than I am. And so stuff like that. So anyway, yep. Ah, yes. So the curmudgeon's corner slack is fun. You should join us, uh, talk to us, donate, etc. We would love to have uh, more people join us in there. And uh, I, I guess that's the end. You know, review us uh, any place that has podcast reviews. If you have people you know who you think might enjoy the show too, please tell them about it. Subscribe, unsubscribe, rate, review, whatever, you know, something like that. S- some Something like that. Yeah. So, hey, everybody, have a great week. Enjoy. Stay safe. Uh, it, 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 stay, it, and it, even if you are fully vaccinated... Still, you know, don't go completely wild. You know, it's okay to still be careful a little while longer. But, you know, within within reason, though, yeah, you can loosen up. Right. Exactly. Yes. Yep. Okay. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. Or hear you. Or, no, we won't hear you. You'll hear us. Anyway, you know what I mean. You'll hear us. Well, we could hear you if you sent us a recording, I guess. You could, you could, you could send us a recording. If you send us a recording with a question, we might actually play it on the show. Yes, 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 we could. So, hey, everybody, we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Later. Good night. Good night, good night, good night.